This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. ¿Qué tal amigos? Les habla el cero miedo de la lucha libre, Pentagon Junior, para mandar un saludo a todos mis amigos de este podcast, y ya saben, puro cero miedo. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to our patron mailbag, episode number five. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and I'm very excited for this, as I always am every week, now that we're doing it as a whole separate show. I love it. Uh, if you would like to get in on this and ask us questions to be answered on this here listener mailbag show, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com forward slash BWO and signing up and becoming one of the supporters of this show so that you, too, may get your questions heard. That was a very circular statement, but you know what I mean. Yes. Patreon.com slash BWO. Just sign up, and you can ask your questions. It's easy as pie. We'll get to them every single week. You can also join us over on Facebook in our Busted Wide Open discussion group. where we uh, That is the hub of our operation. So like our page, join the group. We hang out in there. We post fun memes, good news stories, have great discussions. And you'll also find a link in there to our Discord server, our up-and-coming wrestling community, uh, where we have live chats and specific channels for every wrestling promotion, as well as dedicated channels for every single pay-per-view so make sure you're in our discord server as well you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at bwo podcast and streaming live right here on youtube at youtube.com slash busted wide open make sure you're subscribed to the channel because we do put up uh, events for our live streams every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern and every saturday at 3 p.m eastern including this show that we also do every single saturday which is our patron mailbag episode dedicated to our listener questions that we used to have in the show we've now broken them out into their own series we hope you guys enjoy this we certainly do the ability to spend more time on these questions so sorry and dangerous should we waste any more time, or no, do sir. we just dive let's, right into the questions? Let's do this. This? <laughs> First up, Jacob Uhas asks, Does money in the bank need to be reworked? There has been no good men's winners recently, and the women who have held the title after cashing in had lackluster reigns. Is it just bad WWE booking, or does the stipulation need to be refreshed? I think this is pretty straightforward. The stipulation is fine. It's a ladder match yeah. where you have a briefcase that allows you to get a title shot. That's that's impeccable. You can't mess that up. Um if you leave it as that as that, but as 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 he says in this question, it's who wins uh and what they do with it afterwards. And 
you know, what you've had, we've had three years in a row, it's been terrible men's winners. Brock Lesnar, yep. didn't need it. Braun Strowman, didn't need it. Baron Corbin, questionable, but they could have done something. They could have done something with that. They just didn't. Um, yep. So right there, yeah, just, just terrible all around. I thought both of the women's uh, wins and cash-ins were fine. Um, I thought that Carmella cashed in when she should and in the way that she should, and it was a big moment when it happened. And I thought Bailey as well. I thought when Bailey cashed in, it was a good one as well. So I actually thought the women's money in the banks have been handled as well as you could, given the scenario, except for the very first women's money in the bank match, which of course is won by a man because WWE. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. There, there have not been any good men's winners recently. And that has everything to do with WWE's booking, everything to do with their booking and nothing to do with the stipulation itself. Um, right. Money in the bank should be, uh, you know, it's funny. God, we've been talking about Lucha Underground a lot the last couple of weeks, Nick. I don't know why it's on my mind right now a lot, but their gift of the gods belt, which was their version of money in the bank was such a brilliant twist on money in the bank, but they had to make sure. it a twist because the pure, just basic idea of belt hanging over ring, have ladder match winner gets title shot is it's perfection. It's simple perfection. So, and if you hmm. if you ask Chris Jericho, he invented it. So, <laughs> well, good for you, Chris. Thank you very much for inventing that and blessing us all with it. Uh, I think Money in the Bank's fine. I completely agree. It just has everything to do with who you pick, yep. and more so what you do with it. I reflect back on Daniel Bryan, uh, Seth Rollins, and that epic cash in at Mania. Um, even, you know, and Dean Ambrose messing with him for the entirety of the year, all the way up to mania for the, that nine month period, all of that stuff, uh, I thought was a really good way to handle and build someone and have the looming threat. That's what you really want with money in the bank. The looming threat that at any time somebody could run in and cash in on you. And I, I think that they haven't done a good job of that whether it was Baron Corbin with not wanting to upend the whole gender in India movement that was going on that year. So they had to bring John Cena out to distract him. You know, There was just a whole mess of stuff going on the last few years with Money in the Bank. I still love a good ladder match, Money in the Bank match. It is what it is. Uh, it's just been handled terribly. That's all. Thank you very much, Jacob, for, uh, for the question. Uh, next up, Andy, Champ Champ, 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 asks us, once Natalia hangs up her boots... Is that the end of the Hart Foundation in a WWE ring? It, I mean, if you consider Natalia a part of the Hart Foundation, she's a member of the Hart family, I suppose. Um, yeah, the Night Hart family. Is it the? Is, well, he was a member of the Hart Foundation, so yeah, it's it's sure. uh, it's uh, basically what I'm saying is it's already pretty tertiary as far as the Hart Foundation. I mean, the only way that, that would change is if Davy Boy Smith Jr. came out of MLW and went to WWE. Um, so there, I guess it would still be a possibility that someone related to the heart foundation, uh, even, even then that's even more like kind of, you know, British bulldogs, even more kind of separated, um, sure. than, than the Needhart family. So yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, I do not believe that Brett or Owen have any living relatives that are wrestling, at least not on the level that you could in WWE. Uh, so yeah, I mean, quite possibly. She's the last one. Her and Tyson don't have any kids, and I don't know of any other extended family of the Neidhart yeah. family that's out there. So, 
Yeah, unless, I think you might be right. Unless WWE gets into cat wrestling and some of her cats oh, can wrestle yeah. for the... No? Right. Okay. No. Sorry. No. Intercontinental Championship? <sighs> Moving on. Thank you very much, Andy, for your question. Uh, next up, Martin asks us if WWE brought out any other... Bought out. I think he means if WWE bought out any other promotion in the U.S. and tried to do the invasion angle again... Which promotion would you like them to do it with, or would you just like a long-term Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT type of angle? Right now, I mean, you know, what else is there in the U.S. that's that's on that level? You know, Impact would be fun, but it would be kind of like the WCW that we got in the Invasion angle, where there's not there's like two or three really big stars, and everyone else I don't think and the audience would react to. Um, Ring of Honor is in a cesspool right now. Uh, MLW has some people that you could work with like Davey Boy Smith Jr., like Jacob Fatu. But again, you know, not recognizable, really. AEW would be the obvious choice, but, you know, the whole point is that they are, they are the big competition right now. If they did an uh, invasion angle with AEW, there's a lot you could do there because you have a lot of ex WWE guys in AEW, and the you know the obvious storylines you could get from that Jericho and Cody etc. Um, I think I think that just given the current landscape of American promotions, just having Raw SmackDown NXT is far more entertaining than anything else that you would get. Let, let AEW stay, you know, out where it is. MLW, Impact, everyone else kind of build up their own brands. Um, and yeah, Raw, I mean, look at, look at SmackDown this week. I'll watch, I would rather watch NXT come in and look like that. Even like, obviously it's going to have to get competitive at some point and NXT stars are going to get beaten. But if you can put on a Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole match like that within your own company, if you just have your own brands compete, why do you need to have any other brand like buy out another brand and have that come in as an invasion? Exactly. So, they, you know, you mentioned you you said specifically, Martin, if WWE bought out any other promotion, but I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I would not be surprised if the cons went up to Impact and said, "How many zeros do you need on the check?" I think it's fascinating, um, Nick, that, that you you think that they're going to go after Impact as opposed to Ring of Honor, which uh, totally, which seems to be more of a, in, in a vulnerable. I mean, granted, they just got bought by Sinclair, which is a huge group, and I don't know how much how much value they see in Ring of Honor, but I, I think Ring of Honor at this point is more more vulnerable. And a lot of the guys that are currently in AEW went through Ring of Honor, very very because recently. As a businessman, sure, sure, but as a businessman, I'm, I'm they're not doing too well. If I'm going to buy the promotion instead of just uh, try to buy out the individual superstars. That's that's a different. But you story. buy the ca- I think Ring the- of Honor. You buy the cachet. You buy the tape library, which is which is sure. You know, sure. I get it. I totally get it. Um, and it, it, you know, I don't. I just for some reason my gut's telling me AEW would go after Impact before Ring of Honor. So I uh, I don't know. It's a lot just- of the same guys over in Impact that those, these guys have worked with in the Indies with for a long time too. And it's easy relationships, easy chemistry, easy booking. Um, plus impact and TNA and all of the stuff. Again, like you said, you get that whole back catalog uh, of things. So I wonder if they I do. Know. I don't know who even has all the TNA stuff now. I don't know if Impact has that catalog. They've been showing some of it, but I'd be surprised if they if they don't still have that all of the stuff from TNA. Well, suffice it suffice it to say that that you know my gut tells me Ring of Honor. 
your gut tells you impact. And I think it's the same yeah. gut that was telling you John Cena was going to win his number 17 at WrestleMania oh, 2019. So, I'm never going to escape that. Never. I just I rode that horse off the cliff for about six months. You Thelma, anyway. you, you Thelma and Louise is what you were. <laughs> right off that cliff. Thank you very much for the question, Martin. Appreciate it. Uh, next up, Eric. If you could bring back Halloween Havoc, yes. Mm-hmm. If you could bring back Halloween Havoc as a, on a yearly basis, how would you book it to get the most eyes on the product? Also, if you could throw in one old-school gimmick match that we haven't seen in a long time, which one would it be? Jesus. Mm. First of all, can I say, Eric, Raiders. Raider Nation, baby. Uh, second of all, Halloween Havoc. One of my favorite. I, dude, I just love everything Halloween. So if you have a Halloween-themed pay-per-view, uh-uh-uh. I love it. Um, how would I book it to get the most eyes on the product? Uh, <laughs> I'd have Ric Flair and Sting versus the Great Muda and Terry Funk in a rematch of their Thunderdome match. Oh, my God. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just throwing that um uh geez how do you book it to get the most eyes on the product you know it's funny there's this whole thing going around right now about cosplay wrestling and cosplaying in wrestling you know yeah uh, people dressing up for wrestling um i mean i i saw a whole bunch of stuff this year where people were dressing up as each other in matches um who was it what uh Orange Cassidy dressed up as another female wrestler. I forget who he was facing. It just happened. Priscilla Kelly. Priscilla Kelly. Thank you. Priscilla Kelly dressed up as Orange Cassidy. And, and Orange vice Cassidy versa. Dressed up as and they had, a, they had a match where they played each other. Yeah, at Bar Wrestling uh, this week. Yeah, right, yes. You also had uh, Shaza McKenzie play Joey Ryan's penis. Um, she dressed up as Joey Ryan's penis. Like, that kind of stuff I think is really fun. I think it's very indie. I don't think it would work on the scale of, like, a, a Halloween Havoc. But I do, I do, there's something there. There's something there, you know, where you cross book wrestlers. Like you have, like something, you know, where you had, like, you have fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon for a while. And obviously the intentions behind that were different. They were there to bury the gimmick. But imagine what you could do if you had, you know, fake so and so. I don't know. Have like wrestlers, have wrestlers cross gimmicks or something like that, where, you know, Kane plays. Edge or something. I don't know. Just picking like just weird random names come up in my head. Like uh, I have uh, sure. Seth Rollins play Roman Reigns. Have Roman Reigns play Sami Zayn. You know, you've got we've established now kayfabe's dead. Why not have the actors play different characters? Yeah, that could be interesting. You, I mean, the problem is you'd have to completely break kayfabe on the show for it, so it wouldn't really work. But it's just you know, we've never done that before for charities or anything else, have we? That's true. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. like like a charity thing. But that's, sure. I don't think that's like – if I was going to be serious about it, that would not be a serious way to book it, you know. But uh, yeah. definitely like have it Halloween-themed right there. Just like Bring Hall- in some of the tropes of Halloween, like jack-o'-lanterns and candy and, you know, just stuff. Right. You know, how, do you, how, do you, how do you put razor blades in candy and throw somebody into a bucket of candy with razor – I don't know. Just stuff like that. Yeah. And as far as like a gimmick I look at the match, last as a gimmick match, like if it's if it's a gimmick match, old school gimmick match we haven't seen in a while, how about a buried alive match or a casket match? Sure. Yeah. Those are the theme. I don't know. I was looking at one of the what was the last one? Like eight uh ninety-eight uh is the one I was looking at. Uh we had Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. We had Diamond Dallas Page, DDP versus Goldberg, I think was the main event of that show. Um, Sting. What in ninety eight? So there was yeah, there were some good matches on that I mean, card. I mean, Hall and Nash, you know. No, they had, they've had, a, they had them all the way up to until it closed in 2000. 
It was a it okay. was Goldberg versus. For some reason, I thought they ended in '98 or whatever. It was like okay. Goldberg versus Chronic in one of them. And and this this article I found on, on Sports Illustrated, and they titled it "The Worst Wrestling Shows Ever: Halloween Havoc '98." And I'm like, nah, I don't remember it being that terrible, but it might have been. Whatever gimmicks, <laughs> I, I'm gonna throw pumpkins. Well, why would you uh, book stuff like that Goldberg versus DDP? It's a dumb idea to be in with. Anyway, All right. we could we could go on. Maybe we could do a whole show on Halloween Havoc '98. Absolutely. Oof. Thank you, Eric, for the question. That was a good one. Uh, Josh Logan asked, uh, waited until after Crown Jewel to ask my question, so here goes. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh. WTAF. I'm going to give you the uh, the abbreviated version. PG. Uh, that well, being, PG show. Yeah. That being said, now they've shown they have no idea how to handle the fiend or stop themselves from whipping it out and flopping it on the table. <laughs> do they think? Do you think Bray screwed himself here? He's always been misused and misunderstood in the WWE, and this gimmick could be gold anywhere he took it. Should he have kept it to himself and left the company to debut The Fiend elsewhere? Okay, I see the question now. So should Bray have not shared all of this and left the company and taken it to an AEW or Impact and debuted it there? Would it have worked? Nowhere else would have given him the the money and the access and everything else for this, I don't think. Like, you know, maybe if he went to AEW with it, but even then, like... What would they have done with it? Like, I think that WWE was the place to, to take this. I think that it's just a matter of Vince getting too excited by it and pushing it too hard too fast. Uh, I don't think that this is Bray screwing himself. I think, I mean, you can't say that anyone who creates a gimmick that immediately gets put to the top of the card and you get strapped in your second match, third match, excuse me, you can't say that that's someone screwing themselves. Like, that's what no. you want. That's, that's what you work for, is to have a gimmick that the owner of the company goes, hell yes, I'm pushing you to the moon, right? So in that sense, Bray should be really happy with what he's done here. And what he's done, let's, let's be clear, what he's done is amazing. Um, are they misusing The Fiend? Yeah, I think so. Nick, and I think you're in agreement on that. We don't like how they're, we don't like how they're using The Fiend. Um, too hard, too fast, too much, too soon. But... Um, but I think the, the gimmick is gold here. I don't think that it's, you know, just that it's gold anywhere else. The, the gimmick is gold. The booking is not. Um, I don't know that this would even work in any other promotion, honestly. I, I think there's a level of supernatural. I mean, Lucha Underground, it might have. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. but, well, they, they know, kind of already just, had it, too. They kind of already had Mil, uh, that's Mil, true. Mil Muertes. The, and Matanza, for that matter. Yeah. You know, so. I, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know that it would work anywhere else. You've got also got the built-in audience for Bray Wyatt from the last five-plus years. So it, it, there's a lot of things that you could speculate where it might work better, but I think this is the absolute best way to do it. It's just been mishandled, and Agreed. that's what we're really upset about. And we and it's not, you know. Yeah, we, we said, you know, if you're going to do this, he's got to win. He's got to come out and look dominant. And they basically took that and turned the dial to 11. It's like, okay, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> he has to win. He has to win convincingly. He shouldn't be an immortal, untouchable, unstoppable beast that nothing can kill. And then right. in his third match, win the damn championship because he can eat 10 curb stomps and, you know, then go out for lunch. Like that's <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's too far because at some point you have to nerf that. And then that's going to make it look like, you know, you're depowering him. It's going to, it's going to undermine the whole thing. Like it had to be reasonable. Um, and the first match against Finn, it seemed like it was. It's like that first match against Finn was very promising. 
I, th- I would say that that was executed perfectly. It yeah. was just once we got to Hell in a Cell that things just went completely off the rails. I'll also say this. His entrance is the best thing in wrestling right now. That entrance yeah, gives me all sorts of like goosies and, and thrills and chills. That entrance is amazing. I'm not sure if I really like, and this is nitpicking. I'm not sure if I really like the playing of the Firefly Funhouse intro and then blurring it and doing down and because they cut the lights down. I just want to see the lights go down and say, uh, that big horn uh, that comes out and let him in. Oh, that's that's nitpicking. So good. Dude, if they, if they could get everyone else's entrances as close as they get to perfect as they get Bray's entrance, you know, if they, if they could do Aleister Black's entrance, Finn Balor's entrance on the main roster as well as they do Bray's, this would be a whole different ball game. Yeah. So absolutely. Thank you, Josh. Great question. Uh, we feel kind of the same. Yep. There. Sean Clark asked us Friday was a great episode of SmackDown. What are some of the main roster NXT dream matches you guys want to see in the next couple of weeks? Also, do you think the massive praise of last night's episode that they may beat that horse to death in typical WWE fashion? Yes. <laughs> it's going to get beaten to death for the next. Two weeks, I, three weeks. Well, here's what I sure. here's what I worry about is that that was NXT getting the lead, and then we're going to bury NXT talent for the next couple of weeks. They're going to start losing matches because the talent comes back, and Vince is going to go, "Well, I can't have your guys beat Roman Reigns. I can't have your guys beat Bray Wyatt. I can't have your guys beat Seth Rollins. I can't have the beat right. Keep them in the mid card, and you know, at best, have your champ beat a guy like Daniel Bryan, and barely beat yeah. him, right? But it's it's pick and choose who's going to face whom, right? Don't don't go out there and, and shoot your wad and immediately have, I don't know, uh, Keith Lee come out and have a match with Seth Rollins and Seth beats Keith, Keith Lee. That's yeah. stupid. That's not a good look for either one of them. Honestly. No, it's a terrible look. Um, yeah. I'm shocked that we... Uh, I, I'm actually, excuse me, I should say I'm not shocked that we kept Matt Riddle away from Brock Lesnar, even though Matt's been agitating for to get his hands on Lesnar for a while now. Um, keep him away from Lesnar. You're not ready to ha- to have Lesnar put him over. Keep them away from each other. Yeah, you know, have Matt have Matt Riddle go have a match with Buddy Murphy or Cedric Alexander or Ali or Shinsuke Nakamura. Matt Riddle, Shinsuke Nakamura, give me that. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, please. Sammy can do some interference. Holes. Sammy Zayn can do interference, and you can have Nakamura even win that one, and it's and it protects Matt Riddle. You know what I mean? Like, fine. Some of that, but you know, but again, as he says, um, are they going to beat this to death? Are they going to screw this up? Yeah, they, they've. I don't think they meant to do this this soon. Um, and my real curiosity is to see if they if they're going to have main roster invade NXT because that would be crazy. Yeah, that would be pretty nuts. Because you, you've seen the kind of main ro- like the kind of adulation they give main roster people that even like Apollo Cruz comes back and he's God. Right? Can you imagine if like someone really big comes down? Yeah. Mm. So, there you go. Uh, for me, uh, I got to see one of my dream matches this week, and it was Adam Cole and, and Daniel Bryan. I was wondering uh, when we would get that one, and I can't. I'm very surprised they gave it away on TV. Um, I hope that has legs, and I hope that we get to see more of that in the future. So uh, that would be my one. I mean, you mentioned Matt Riddle going up against other MMA guys. That could be really good as well. Um, I did like that we saw Cain Velasquez mostly doing shoot fighting, MMA fighting style against Brock Lesnar. They looked to be doing takedowns and corner stuff. And that if they really get the crossover right, 
and they have these MMA guys fight fight against each other. My biggest concern is that they actually end up in a real fight. Like somebody hits somebody the wrong way <laughs> and they snap, right? They're professionals, man. Anyway, they're they're pros. They get it all kinds got of a, got, stuff. I got some other ones for you. What about uh, Samoa Joe versus Matt Riddle? Or Samoa, mm. Samoa Joe versus Bobby Fish or Kyle O'Reilly? I know, I I know he's, to see. he's injured, though, is the only problem. I, I hope we get to see it in NXT. I would love to see Kyle O'Reilly and Matt Riddle have have a run. I, that would Those two at, just going at each other, submission style, and do you, wanna, you know all the different martial arts style. You want to get a little chubby here? You know, yeah. who, are, who are the champs right now? The tag team champs. Adam Co- The tag team champs. Oh, Undisputed Air. And? What? Viking, oh, about Viking, o- the OC? Viking Raiders. Or Viking Raiders. And the Revival. <sighs> That's coming at Survivor Series, Nick. War Machine, Revival... In undisputed era. Oh yeah, my God. that's not that's not a fancy. That's likely going to happen. Oh man, so, Josh in the chat said uh, Samoa Joe and Keith Lee, and I'm I'm all in on that one. That'd be great. That would be great too. <laughs> um, man, any of the uh, 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 here's one: Johnny Gargano and Chad Gable. Totally. I mean, totally. We've already seen Gargano ricochet, and that was that was nuts. So. <sighs> Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful possibilities. The, the point is, the future is very bright for <laughs> uh, for WWE uh, it, based on what they've got down in NXT coming our way. Uh, Sean also said, "You guys are fantastic. Everyone should be subscribed on YouTube. Jump on the Patreon bandwagon because asking the questions that drive me crazy is totally worth it." Thank you very much, Sean. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, awesome Rhea patron. Ripley, Charlotte, dude. Rhea, it's going to happen not, eventually. Not until we get Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm. Sorry. Oh God. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Next up, Will James. Throwback kind of question, mostly for Nick. Uh-oh. Also wondering what Ian thinks, however. I'll, I'll sit back. It's fine. Do we see John Cena return at some point to break the tie for the title record? See, they His don't forget either. It's not just me. Man. It's not just me. His lack of involvement lately makes me doubt it. But then again, The Rock came back for a year and took it off punk. You know, it's. I, I do think... I do think that they want to anoint John Cena to that position to Ric Flair status. I do think that they want to ultimately do that. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Ah, um, so your mind has changed now. A little bit, yeah. But, well, mostly because of John, what he's been doing the last year or two. He, he's yeah. full Hollywood mode at the moment oh, and yeah. has movies coming out all over the place. He's got a huge Christmas movie that's coming out that's going to make a fortune. Um, but at the same time, I could totally see him coming back Goldberg-esque where he does a short-term title run like Goldberg did a couple years like ago. Like Rock did. Like Rock did against uh, Punk. So the possibility is always there. There's still, I don't think, anybody in the world that's in better shape than John Cena. You know, it, that dude stays in shape. He's always in wrestling shape. So if he gets a haircut and comes back and stops looking like JBL and actually goes for a title run, yeah. Maybe. Could. It I could mean, happen. it took The Rock, what, eight years to come back? He went off to Hollywood yeah. for eight years. So who, who, knows, who knows how long Cena will go? It's it's something that is based in momentum when it comes to Hollywood. Yeah. Like, it's what have you done lately is how Hollywood operates. And so if he wants to get any kind of foothold in Hollywood and become a movie star, he can't go back and forth. He can't vacillate. He's got to be pedal right. to the metal, always be working. Um, if he has a movie that that 
fails, he has to come out with a movie that, su- that succeeds the next time. So, you know, he can't be going back and, and doing stuff for WWE. They're fine without him. They're just fine. Um, would, he, totally. would he help them? Probably. But this, at the same time, you know, he's not getting younger. He's got to build his life outside of WWE, and they're letting him do that. Um, could he return at some point? Absolutely. The Rock did, like, he's, like, like, like Will said. The Rock did. John Cena theoretically could. Um, should he? I can't stand that crap when that happens, but, you yeah, know, it's, du- it's WWE, and it would make them a lot of money if Cena went and became a big movie star and then came back and won his number 17, and it was a huge deal. That would be a huge money maker and get a lot of eyes on the product. So I would understand why they did it. I just would be rolling my eyes so hard I would see the back of my head. But I would understand. Yep. Uh, and then I want to echo what Andy just said in the chat. Uh, they want Charlotte to get there first. That I agree with. That's true. So they are rapidly giving her title. They definitely want Charlotte to, Charlotte to beat her dad's first, even though it is her dad's is an arbitrary number that's totally made up. Thank you, Will, for the question. Next up, Patrick. Uh, can you guys, which, by the way, I, I need to stop for one second. I want to give a shout-out to Patrick and his lovely wife, Caitlin. Oh, my God, They yes. made Halloween pumpkins with mine and Serene Danger's stenciled faces on it. I I was beside myself. Like, I've never had anyone do something of that yeah. caliber. Uh, just bravo. Really well done. Seriously. I hope you guys had fun doing it. Um, I'm I'm hoping that we can continue to feature them because that is uh, if you guys haven't seen the post in the discussion group, they are fantastic. I'll make sure that we I think we did tweet them out uh, a couple days yesterday, a couple days ago. Yeah, but thank you guys. Just a shout out. You, thank you, you very much. Nick, Nick sent the picture to me. At, I was at work. I'm surrounded by people all thirsty, and I get a text and I quickly just check it real quick, and I actually got emotional at the bar. I was like, oh my god, that is really, that's very sweet. Aww. Very touching. And, and full disclosure, I have to say that Patrick did share with me uh, mine, but I didn't want to share it with you. Oh, so you, dro- uh, we had both. you dropped the bomb on me. Yeah, had so to, I, I just, had to wait yeah, till I was, I was hiding it from you there. Place. I knew it was coming. <laughs> wait until I was in public. All right. But no, seriously, yes. guys, meant a lot. It was very cool. Thank you, Patrick, and thank you to yes. your wife. That was amazing work. Yes. Uh, Patrick asks, can you guys please explain to me how time and time again when WWE backs themselves into a corner, i.e. doing a Saudi show Thursday and then SmackDown <laughs> on Friday, <laughs> yeah. uh, have all these problems happen and they set up all these things that should ruin a show, but somehow yeah. they give us what we had last night, probably the most exciting episode of SmackDown I can remember. It just feels like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, quote, you did it, you crazy son of a bitch, you did it. I, you asked, you had kind of answered your own question. Well, I think. no, I, he, no he, you know. he wants to know how they how they managed to pull it off. Like, if we have an opinion on how they managed to pull it off, um, I'll tell you how they pull it off. They they barely get to show up every week. Like, it's yeah. not, it's not like they've got like a great organizational process in WWE. Like, every week they're scrambling to get a show together. Like Vince is rewriting some of these shows as the shows are going on. They call some of these matches. In the middle of the matches, who's going to win? Like they're on, they're they're hot shotting all the time. So, this is obviously a really extreme example of holy shit. We got to figure out something quickly. But it's not like they never do this. It's not like they never have to yeah. come up with solutions last second, last minute. How many how many times have we said Vince tore the show up thirty minutes before before it went on air? Yeah. So. 
You know, it's that's the it's the wild thing about this company. It's one of the things that is endlessly fascinating to me. Is I, I look at this and go, how can you possibly survive always being on the precipice every week? How can you continue? How can you think that it's a good business plan to continually have to run that close to boards and not plan ahead and not? look at a bigger picture from week to week and try to create a bigger plan, but yeah. just figure, ah, we'll figure it out last minute. Like even best case scenario, they have the show written five days before the show, only five days. And they pretty much Vince mostly only thinks about the top of the card and the undercard is an afterthought, which is why so many people are just sitting back there and catering because like week to week, they're like, Oh, we don't have anything for you because when they're running so close to boards, quickly we had to throw together a segment. Ah, we'll just do another Lacey and, and Natalia match. They're in a feud. Just have them go out and do a match, right? Yeah. Path of least resistance. We, we don't have to be too creative about it. We just got to get a show up, get it out there without that planning ahead. One of the reasons why it worked this week was because it wrote itself. You have an NXT invasion? Cool. Who all do we have on the plane? Yeah. Great. This goes here. This goes here. This goes here. Line up the dominoes. Boom. Knock them down, Right. Give Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole 30 minutes to work a match. We know they can do it. They sure as hell can, right? Um, and everything else was just, you know, based around typical. Have a segment where Bianca Belair beats up two people. Put it together and, you know, they talk about it 15 minutes, put it together, boom, done. There you go. Um, that's what they do. They put together stuff quickly every single week. So when they're up against the wall like this, when they have to make a huge, enormous, completely show-changing change to the show, they can fall back on a lot of that improvisational experience and last-minute experience and pull it off like this. Right. So. Also, what does it say for the suit? Two years ago, Ian, two years ago, we were sitting in the... Just over two years ago, we were sitting in the American Legion in Reseda watching PWG, watching Keith Lee, Jeff Cobb, Matt Riddle, Ricochet... Ricochet. And here they are on, but, prime time but TV. you know, a few years before it's, that, watching watching Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, like it's just it's wild. I want to give the credit where the credits due here. That the 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 show is nothing without the talent, and if they're allowed well, to guys, do what they Shampa, do Johnny best, Garcon. yeah, if they are allowed oh, cool. to do what they do best, which you got to see last night on SmackDown, then man. Just what an amazing show we got. And kudos to uh, the, the executives and the content team for being, letting them letting them have that opportunity. Because look what we got. Kudos to Charles Robinson. Amazing. Charles Robinson was there, and he and Drake Wirtz ran that show. Charles Robinson was setting up the ring. He was posting up the LED lights because the ring crew was all stuck in Saudi Arabia. Wow. You know what I mean? They've got dudes. 23 years Charles Robinson's been there. 23 years, and that dude will still get in there and – drill screws and tighten ropes just to make the show go up. Yeah. The show must go on. Yeah. It's and, live. And they, and they got, they got a hell of a crew committed to do it. Yep. So mad, great question, mad Pat. Props. He said, sorry, he, he said, sorry for the rant. It's just nice to be excited for the main roster again. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. Pat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And yes. it's not a rant. And the pumpkins are amazing. Don't ever apologize for a rant. Rants are great. Yeah. That's kind of what we do. We live and die on rants. Next up, uh, Lionel Hernandez asks, uh, hey, guys, great show like always. What's your favorite gimmick? 
for one person and as a story. For me as a person, he says Undertaker, and for a story, NWO. Thank you. Stay sexy. P.S. You can call me Leo. I know my same. So, okay. Leo. Leo. Thank you very much for your question. All right, Syrian Dangerous. Favorite gimmick uh, for oh, one person Jesus. and as a story. He says Undertaker for a person and NWO is a story. He's asking me to choose among my children. Like, how do I right. How do I not? I mean, Undertaker, obviously, he's got to be way up there. Uh, Flair for me. Jake, this, I mean, you know, Jake the Snake, trust me. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Texas Rattlesnake. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, I, I'm surrounded by Mankind merchandise here. You know I'm a fan of of all three faces of Foley. I will defend Dude Love till the day I die. Don't you come for my right. love. I love all three faces of Foley. Um, gee, I mean, there's so many. Modern Times Pentagon uh, Pentagon Dark in Lucha Underground was a, was a freaking awesome gimmick. And I, I've built... The whole build of that story over the whole season that ultimately led to the um, yeah. the match with Vampiro. Oh my God! Uh, and then the next season with the with the ninjas coming for him, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many gimmicks that I just freaking adore, and that's just you know tip of the iceberg, tip of the iceberg. I could go down, um, oh, Jesus, but uh, greatest story, greatest gimmick gimmick for a story. You know what? I'm just gonna take the easy way out on this. And I'm going to say corporate mankind just because it's on my mind right now. And it, this, you could ask me this question tomorrow and it would be totally different. You, Leo, you could ask this question every week. Like as a gag, we could ask this every week. And every week, Ian would come up with a new gimmick. That he's like, oh, dude, this week is this gimmick was my favorite of all time. Okay, this week, it's corporate mankind. It's mankind, the psychopath, the guy who lives in the boiler room. Who wants to be like? Who wants to be loved by Vince McMahon so much? He puts on a, a, a shirt, a button-up shirt, and a tie. He doesn't tuck. He doesn't quite understand how it works, but I'm going to do my best. And he's in there, and the, like Vince, Vince gets his leg busted. He's in there in the hospital trying to cheer him up with the clown and the, the balloon animals and Mr. Sacco. Um, and all he wants to do is to be loved by Vince. And Vince just keeps like rejecting him, and he sicks the rock on him. And ultimately, mankind turns on him. He realizes that that Vince doesn't love him. And all of this, like when you think of mankind now, when people think of mankind, they think of the white shirt and the tie. They don't think of him in the original outfit with the weird symbol, right? Stabbing himself in the leg with the pen. They don't think yeah. about that. They think about mankind in the shirt because that's the iconic mankind. And that was the storyline that made that. I freaking love that. I love that. And I think that's what Leo's asking here is a storyline that integrates with the gimmick, that creates a gimmick. Right. Oh, that's a good way to put it. You know yeah. what I mean? Where like the storyline, yeah. the given, the NWO was created by the like the we're going to call this the New World Order. We're the Outsiders. You know who we are. We're Scott Hall and Razor. You know, we're Razor Ramon. Not anymore. I'm Scott Hall. I'm Kevin Nash. Right. Um, you can just call, um, Hulk Hogan. Now you can call us the New World Order, and it became the whole NWO storyline. But it started off with a gimmick change. Um. So yeah, like man, today I'll say mankind, corporate mankind. I think I'm going to say Ric Flair just because he's the nature boy. Um, it's the one that stuck with me over time uh, the most. It's the one that has, I think, transcended generations of, of wrestling fans and is kind of still there. There's, there's a handful of superstars uh, that I can count on, you know, less than 10 fingers that I would put into that category. And 
at the same time, I'm sitting here going, but I also like my fun stuff. And I'm torn here because as you just really just greatly outlined uh, the corporate mankind story, I like goofy, silly, fun stuff too. Like you guys have heard me talk about the the DX storyline taking over the wedding of Test and Stephanie, and I don't know how you like to. that. I don't. I don't it's understand. It's hilarious that. to me Ugh. because I was a I was a teenager that liked stupid stuff in the nineties. Well, right? remember Which this kind of defines the attitude. The era. next time we talk about Bobby Lashley and Lana, remember that. Remember this moment. Yes, but I was already a New Age Outlaws and DX Mark at that point. All right. like I, I was already all in on DX and the fact that they kind of executed and orchestrated that whole thing to continue to take over WWF, I, I think was that's why I was all in on that that whole angle. It was the culmination of a lot of things. And then we got to see uh, them drive a Jeep up to WCW and oh, we God. got to see them buy the, right? Yeah. So all that stuff for me, uh, DX as a group, like you mentioned NWO, I, you know, I, it's probably got to be the DX stuff for me. But yeah, Ric Flair is definitely my favorite. Um, it, it's, the, the, it's funny. The limousine ride. Right. Is that a Go gimmick yeah. or is oh. that just Rick? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? <laughs> it's, I, on, I don't know. If it's not, I don't care. All right. It's fine. I pick it. It's just him, man. <laughs> That's just who he is. Uh, um, shout, honorable mention to the Shield. Also, um, I wanted to put out there the the way that they appeared. Was it was it Survivor Series or TLC? Uh-huh. If I'm remembering right, I don't remember. Uh, they just showed up and they came down through the audience, and I thought that was really awesome and innovative and they just came in and like what they should have kind of done with sanity just have them show up run rough shot and leave flex a little bit do the fist walk out i i loved that stuff as well uh ultimately we had the breakup it's just a great story of the evolution of the shield so yeah agreed thank you very much leo great uh, great question there it's fun to speculate on that stuff sometimes and go back in your memory banks uh next up we got billy he has a two-parter here. How familiar are you guys with TNA Impact? I'm pretty much a loyalist to them. Mm. Started watching in 2005 and still here today. Do you have a favorite match? Uh, for a while, they put on the best matches here in North America for years. Yeah, how did dude? How did you survive the mid-teens? You're still with them, man, brother. You, yeah, that my, Billy, you you have a strong constitution. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of WWE fans who need a constitution like that to stick through some man because they they went through some crap. How familiar am I, are we with them? I'm I'm pretty familiar with them, but I'm not. I cannot say that I w- have watched anywhere near as religiously as as, as Billy has here. Like I, there's <laughs> just so much to watch. I only got so much time. Uh, I mostly kept up with the movement of the superstars as they yeah. jumped in and out. Right, um, I'm I'm looking at AJ Styles and Kurt Angle. Um, uh, that's that's one that and I can understand why if he, if he came into TNA yeah. at 2005, that's when they were at like 2004 to 2008 was they were doing I would say better stuff than WWE was at the time. Certainly better, like uh, more watchable product. WWE was really cringy at the time, and and at the time TNA was putting on some great stuff. I mean, I would. That's where all the best matches are from. He's asking what the best matches are. I mean, you've got to talk about um, uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Chris Daniels, Triple Threat, which was right around mm. that time. Uh, I think it was at Unbreakable. Um, Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle had a couple of good matches. I think their Lockdown one was the one that I really dug. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Uh, like, like you said, dude, AJ Styles had a bunch of great ones. AJ Styles had some great matches against Chris Daniels, Samoa Joe too. Yeah, just like pretty much anyone with those guys. Um, 
I love I love when Christian went to TNA around that time, and he had a great run in TNA. You know, um, yeah, just like it just, if it included AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, or Kurt Angle from 05 to 08, it was probably going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Daniels was that that was yeah. his that was his peak right there too. So um, yeah, but but man, it got once you had Hogan come in and you had uh, Russo and Dixie Carter, and that whole era was just. Oh, it was yeah. it was it was unwatchable, and I have to admit I didn't watch anywhere anywhere near as much. I'll say I'm paying more attention to Impact these days with Brian Cage, Sammy Callahan, Tessa Blanchard, and others yep. than I did previously, uh, than I've ever kept up with Impact. Well, and and that's so lar- that's more to do with the superstars than what's going on in the promotion and the story. I would argue it actually it's, for me it what it was Don Callis and Scott D'Amora going over there. And saying, "Hey, we're we're going to try something new," and them just very con- like being very consistent with their booking. Like it, they have they have done a great job. They have turned it around from its low point uh, when it got sold to the Owl to Anthem. It, all the all everything that happened there. So um, yeah, like I'm I'm more invested in Impact than I've been in ten years right now. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. easy for me to say. Um, so I and, and frankly. I really hope that it it continues on this trend and it will get eyes on it if it continues to be as engaging as it is right now. Um, I think they've got a good crew of people working over there. They've got they've definitely got the talent. So I think that they could actually make some real inroads. We can't not talk about the uh, the broken Matt Hardy and uh, obsolete Jeff Hardy sure. stuff that happened over there. It was the best thing uh, going in the for early them. early teens was that fourteen mid teens ha- mid teens mid teens yeah yeah okay. I mean, you mentioned how how he struggled through the mid-teens. I think that was about probably the only thing going on. Best thing they had going for uh, him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was the best thing. So that, yep. So that's what I, I look at it as a way to keep up with talent that we're familiar with. It's it's not a show that I've ever personally invested in watching. I've mostly been a WWE mark my, my whole life and have recently gotten more and more into some of the other stuff like New Japan. Since doing this show with you, um, it's New Japan, NXT, WWE, um, and now AEW, of yeah. course. So. I'm actually thinking about it back in it. I think the really dark times for TNA was like the early, early teens, you know, like, like 10, 11, 12 around there. And then it started getting decent in the mids. Uh, but it was so, like, they could never keep the money coming in and Dixie didn't know what she was doing. And, you know, it wasn't, it, yeah. it wasn't until Demore and Callis came in that it really, I feel like they're turning the ship around. They, yeah, the people, we kept wondering like how they were still on TV. Like they kept like, losing TV deals and losing. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> Every week you're like you're like how is Impact how is TNA surviving? How are they still around? It was wild. What a story. They, one day they're going to write the story of TNA and it's just going to be one of those like how did this promotion survive that long? Um, you know it's funny because now I think they need. I don't know if they've got someone. Like we, we, we talked about that trifecta, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Kurt Angle. I don't think they have that right now in Impact. I don't think that they've got three guys on that level. You've got some legends. You've got RVD working there. Rhino's working there. Um, Shamrock looks like, looks like he's going to be invested in, 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 in Impact going forward. You have some you know, really solid talents. Like Sammy Callahan, Brian Cage, but I don't think they're gonna have. They're not gonna have a career like an AJ Styles or a Samoa Joe. Um, not there. Well, not in general. You know what I mean? Like AJ Styles went and became an international superstar and the top guy in WWE. Samoa Joe ended up becoming a top guy in WWE. Not the top guy, but a 
major part over there. Right. Uh, he should be more, but you know, like he likes to get injured. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't. They need one or two more pieces in impact right now. Like they've got to get one or two big coups over there. I think to really, really jump out of the box. Yeah. But I, but I, I definitely feel more warmly towards them now than I have in a long time. Finally, he asks, "Who is your wrestling spirit animal?" I'll go first. <laughs> Mine's real easy. He's right here on my microphone. And if you haven't been able to figure it out by the look of the beard and the hair, uh, yeah. not uh-huh. to mention the fact he's a hoss. He's a big, giant dude that can do things that big guys shouldn't be able to do. Um, I, just everything I love. And he's from North Carolina. So, I mean, that's my that's my spirit animal, Braun Strowman. You haven't seen him? There you go. Braun Strowman. You have to, for the people that aren't watching us on YouTube, oh, it is Braun Strowman. Yeah. That's who he's pointing to. Uh, yeah, that, I, I, this is the closest I think Nick's been to being a teenage mark for a wrestler in the time that I've known him. Like a te- like like the way you're a re- like the way that you like freak out of a wrestler when you're in your teens. You're like they're the coolest person ever. That's basically Nick with Braun Strowman. Yeah. Um, I'm I was a, I'm a bit confused by this question. Is it, now you're you're taking it as like an actual human wrestler can be your spirit animal, or whereas yeah, I was I'm like, taking it kind of pseudo doppelganger as well. Is there an animal is there like it has to be an animal wrestler that has to be my spirit animal like oh, is it no, has, like no. jake like jake snake it's or, not that literal if, oh because i was gonna say mantor uh, okay why not uh, is that el, Tor- an, el toro animal? you mean or he's a he's a man he's an an no mantor oh. you don't remember mantor no i don't mantor mantor that, he's mad that he's doesn't help tor. me understand who he is just saying his name isn't gonna help <laughs> who is mantor uh, l- Ladies and gentlemen, I will introduce Nick to Mantor after the show okay. goes off the air. Apparently, he doesn't he doesn't remember Mantor, but uh, there's a, there's a gimmick they need to bring back. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Billy, thank you very much for the questions there. Sean, Sean Connery. Sean Connery fought him in Time Bandits. There's a reference for you. Oh my God, I haven't seen Time Bandits in like 30 years. Oh, Time my Bandits age. is so good. Oh man, so now good. I have to go watch Time Bandits. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, thank you, Billy, for the questions there, and uh, we're going to end Mantle. things on an interesting note here, and I wanted to save this one for last. She accidentally posted it in last week's thread, but we're going to throw it up here. For- Mantor. No, it's not Mantor. Oh, okay. Esme Standin Bear asks, screw it, I'm going to try to get my question in. If you guys had yes. more patrons, more followers on YouTube, let's say 20K, what would be some of your goals, or what would you guys want to do more of uh lots of stuff uh, i Jesus. the list is long um ian and i are mostly relegated she she means when she means when we have that many right, right not if when right right when yes, we right. get to that <clears throat> point yes um it's really a, a long list but it's a very simple list it's right now ian and i are relegated by time available yeah. time during the week to do more you know fat get content out faster so we made this transition to go two days a week so that we could get more content out there uh, and start investing more in growing YouTube. But you, let's assume a year from now or six months from now or hell next month, we magically get 20,000 subscribers. I mean, that's going to open up a lot of doors, but it's not life-changing kind of money, right? You're not talking about um, PewDiePie 50 million YouTube subscribers. Um, but at the same time, we have loosely talked about what kind of numbers it would take. And I'm not going to disclose those, but we've talked about what kind of numbers it would take for us to both break out and do this full time 
and we've you know we're we're growing very steadily growing over the last couple of years, but uh, we've got, still got a ways to go. And it's it's important that when I when I say that it feels like we're just getting started, it feels like all things are firing on all cylinders now. Like this month, especially this past thirty days, as we've made this transition, as we're getting more and more comfortable working live and doing things on YouTube, uh, it feels like almost day one again because we had to go through the turmoil of me moving, uh, resetting everything yeah. up, buying all new gear, getting new st- you know, backdrops set up, learning all the ins and outs of the audio gremlins that you guys struggled through with us. So we found it. So now we can start. <laughs> it's kind of the, the response, I would say. So, yeah, uh, 20,000 YouTube subscribers is going to net you. I did the rough math. If we do the level of content that we do, uh, 150 bucks a month. With ad, and then you guys have to hit ads on a, each of our videos, which is not ideal, but that's what that number is for, right? But at the end of the day, the patronage is where we're going to get the biggest reward. So if the patrons jumped up, uh, Josh said, he said in chat, if 20,000 people were patrons at a dollar a month, that's a quarter of a million a year. Sure. Yep. Sure. And, and, and we think Patreon, Patreon is the best way that we can give back to all of you for contributing and come along, coming along with this journey with us. The other arbitrary numbers like YouTube subscribers are there as glass ceilings for us to break through to unlock uh, different things that we can do within the confines of YouTube. That's it. That's really all that is. But Patreon is where all that stuff is. But word of mouth, all of you guys are have been one of the growing things, sharing it on social, telling your friends. Um, if, if somebody wants to have, print out pamphlets or flyers or something and hand them out, <laughs> at a, listen, guerrilla marketing, grab a staple gun and staple them to telephone poles. I'm serious. Guerrilla, mar- the old zines in the nineties, you know, how do we get yeah, in some right. zines? Oh, right. Showing your age again, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, wait, no, here, but no, but to, 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 to be clear, I mean, what, what would be, if we had those kinds of numbers, if that sort of thing was happening, what would be the goal? Look, Nick and I got to pay rent. Like I would love to do this for a living. That that would be the ultimate. Like sure, the more we get, the more content we produce, etc. You know what I mean? Like that that would be the plan. Is the more we're able to concentrate on this because we're financially able to do so, the more content we would want to produce. And you know, I've got lists of things like content that I could produce if I had more time to do it. Um, and I I live a a wonderfully busy, exciting life uh, as it is. But there's definitely places where I could stop doing the things I make for money right now if this were making me enough money to allow me to concentrate on it. Sure. And and I would love to do that. That That is the goal. That's why we're doing this content every week. That's why we're we're putting the effort into this that we are as much as we can right now. And that's why we really so greatly appreciate everyone who's supporting us and listening to us and being patrons already is you guys are allowing us to continue to ramp this up and, be, and make this more and more and make this bigger. Um, I'm very good friends with the two guys over at, Bust at, at uh, Going in Raw, excuse me. Uh, and those are two guys that, you know, they started off in Machinima and they started off doing YouTube videos for another company. And then they transitioned over into doing just pure wrestling because they already had the followers and they were able to turn that into their own little mini industry. And now they, they have their own office space. I was just up there in Sacramento with them. 
They've got this really cool office space that's just covered in wrestling memorabilia. They've got a video game thing set up in the back room. They've got live chat stuff set up all over the place uh, for streaming. And that's what they do. They wake up in the morning and they think about how do we create content for our brand. And that's all they do. And I'm so wildly jealous of them yeah, and I love them. I'm so happy amazing. for them. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy for them that they're living that, that that's what they, that's what they literally do for a living. I go to, you know, I go to, to uh, Double or Nothing and I can go up to their booth you know, at, Star, at uh, StarCast and hang out with them because they have a freaking booth. Uh, so that's, you know, what would be the end goal? That, if we can, if we can get the kind of uh, numbers that they have, it would be doing what they're doing pretty much. Yeah. They're a great example of the kind of stuff. Um, and, and frankly, I've drawn obviously, a, obviously our own our own spin on it. Oh, but, sure, but yeah. I, I've certainly I drawn wanna, a lot of inspiration from them as well as some other shows that are out there of not only what to do but what not to do, and sure. what works well and what doesn't work well, and what fans like and what fans don't like. So we've mostly avoided the whole ads thing. That's probably going to change in 2020. Um, not uh, alongside of we're not going to become Wade Keller. We're not going to become Wade Keller no, or Jericho for that matter. Um, but at the same time, um, <laughs> you know, I want to work on in my a two-hour show. You might have a beginning, an end, and one in the middle. So it's one of those things, right? We're still working out the details yeah. of that. Over that's an orbital jigsaw thing. That's not a beat. You know what else is a beginning and ended in a middle? And a middle is a cow. And out of the cow, you get an Omaha steak. And the Omaha steaks are actually the best steaks to. Oh, sorry, just practicing. I'm practicing, Nick. Yeah. So uh, in addition to that, we'll be introducing a new Patreon tier that'll be an ad-free version of the episode that you guys will be able to get to. Believe me, there is a huge, huge plan a year out. Like I've, I've got the whole next year kind of planned out. Right now, it's making sure this month, October month of October was specifically about getting this transition into kind of a settled motion. It didn't help that I had to take a whole week to go off into Vegas and it broke the live stream consistency, but pretty clear for the rest of the year at this point. So yeah, this month was about getting all of that just settled, let that dust settle. And we're going to spend the next couple of months just cranking out content for you guys. So I hope you guys are enjoying this new format that we've been working on with the Tuesdays and Saturdays. Instead of one big two hour show, you now you get two big two hour shows. So that's what we would do. We would do yeah. what Ian just outlined. We would wake up in the morning, talk about wrestling, make some content. Uh, we'd probably be able to do some stuff more immediately after shows. Yeah, all kinds they of have, stuff. They like have that. new, they have news bulletins, that sort of thing. I mean, you know, we're we're finishing this show today, Nick, and I'm I've basically got to run around and do errands for an hour, and then I got to go work for eight hours. Yeah. So that's <laughs> so that's a, that's. You know, if I didn't have to go work for eight hours, that'd be uh, more time that I'd have to to do stuff for this. Yeah. So, yeah, go. I could go catch up on uh, some more wrestling because <sighs> oh, there's so much out there to watch. Yes, that that would be a bulk of the week. I would probably watch more wrestling if that's even possible, uh, because I'd have the free time to do so. But I would start at progress number one <laughs> and work my whole way through. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might spin up other throwback podcasts with Ian where we go back and we rewatch Raw from the beginning or WCW from the beginning or whatever oh, else is out there, right? We could do additional shows that were all kinds of stuff like that. All right, now we're just, now we're just spitballing. Sure. But yes, lots of stuff. Yeah. We could do lots of stuff. I'm not saying that's coming. That's not a commitment, but they're, they're ideas that have been tossed around. Yeah. 
Guys, that is patron mailbag episode number five. Thank you all for all of your amazing questions. Um, we love the support, and it's you guys. You guys that are able to answer those questions that keep this machine going for us. Thank you very much for all your support. And if, if you're listening and you're not a patron yet and you're looking for some value, uh, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Check out our tiers. Uh, if there's not something in there that fits, you can always just use the tip jar at the top and just throw a couple of bucks in for your, for your hosts. Uh, that works as well. Uh, but my name is, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I messed up there. We're live. We keep going. Uh, Patreon.com slash BWO. Make sure you sign up for one of those. You can get your listener questions in every single week. Uh, you can also come over to the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. It is the hub of our operation over on that side of things. Make sure you also join our Discord community, our budding little group on Discord uh, that is doing live chats all throughout the week for every single wrestling show out there, uh, as well as dedicated channels for all of the pay-per-views across the pro wrestling landscape. You definitely want to get in there. It is a good time. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and jingle the little notification bell so that you get notified Anytime we put up new content, schedule new live events, we are on that race to a 1,000 YouTube subscribers. So as we were just saying, continue the growth. Please share with all of your friends and across social media that we are growing. So I think we're all we're just shy of 400 right now. So we got a little bit of ways to go, but we're getting there. Uh, thank you guys also for, for all of the sharing and support that you guys throw out there for that. But make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel if you're listening and not watching on YouTube. You're missing out on some fun live chat as well. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Surrey and Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the jam back? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on... 